millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Four Times in a Podcast. Just before we get started, what to give your sponsors footballprizes.co.uk a shout out. This week they have a great Celtic prize on offer. It is the man who got the double in the derby against Rangers on Saturday, Leal Abada. It is a signed and framed Celtic shot by him. And you can win it for the cost of only £3.95. All you need to do is go to footballprizes.co.uk, scroll down to find the Celtic prize and enter and you'll be given a ticket. It'll have a number on it, you get that assigned randomly. And if you're lucky enough to get ticket number 125 or ticket number 8, you will either win a, a £25 Celtic shop voucher with, uh, for ticket 125 and ticket number 8 will get you a signed Kyogo shot. So plenty of great prizes on offer this week in that draw. But I thanks to them and thanks to us, you can get 10% off your ticket if you put in the code 4 times 10 at checkout. So cheers to everybody who's been supporting us by using your discount code and thanks to Football Prizes for the continued support. Cheers. Hello there and welcome to Four Times in a Podcast. You join us on Monday the 5th of September. It is a bit later than most other podcasts and Celtic fan content has went out, but uh, we've had a weekend to celebrate. That's right, Celtic were victorious in spectacular fashion on Saturday against Rangers. They won the game 4-0. Leila Bada got a double, Jota scored a sublime chip and then David Tumble capitalised on a John McLaughlin mistake but you you all know that if you're listening to this but we will just speak about the game and then later on we're going to have a wee look to that important game against Real Madrid which as we record there's less than 24 hours to go but Danny I'll come to you like we done a Twitter space on Friday night a lot of people joined and got involved I was very confident and thought it would be a bit of doing you's weren't as confident and I think 
a lot of people had thought it was maybe a bit of hubris and overconfidence of people who thought that Rangers weren't up too much and that Celtic were much better than them. But it was the two teams collided at opposite ends of how they could perform on Saturday. Celtic were fantastic and Rangers just couldn't live with us. What did you make a Saturday? I feel rather silly for spending two hours in that thing saying it was going to be tight. Um, we up Celtic were fantastic from from the first whistle. I thought um, even after thirty seconds, when you lose your top goal scorer, uh, Jack Marcus was. I don't even think he needed to be told to strap. He was ready to go straight away. And credit to him, you know, credit because as a sub, if you know you're not playing, obviously you warm up and that. But if you know you're not playing, it can be easy just taking a mail in and then warm up as the game goes on. But to be ready. I mean, the first thing he did was run up and win the ball and basically I set himself right in front of their two centre-offs and he'd bullied again for the third time. He's played against them. I think he's effectively, I mean, he started twice and you could say he started that game as well, but three kind of full games against them, he's bullied their two centre-offs every time and he was brilliant, um, set a tone. But the whole team, I mean, the whole team were great. Um Abada, who maybe because he's no, maybe because he appears to be quite quiet and he appears to be kind of shy and timid, um, and kind of very unassuming, and you know he's not the kind of dominating personality that like Jota. He's not as flashy as Jota, um, or like any of the other players. But he's he's um, he felt like he get tore into them. I mean, he's uh, he's. Two great goals on Saturday, and he, you know what? He, he seems to come alive in the big fixtures. He, he's a boy who played a massive part for us last season when we were looking for somebody to step up. Um, and it's good to see that he's kicked on again this season. I mean, that's five goals in two games, and he, he had no. St- I mean, Maeda was getting the nod, and he was coming on, and he was obviously impressing because he's, he's he's a hell of a player. But he, you know, his two starts this season have provided five goals. You can't really say any further than that. Um, Jota was was fantastic as usual. He seems to really, and he seems to really step up in the in the bigger games for us now. Um, thought he was outstanding. Um, O'Reilly was probably my pick of the bunch, but um, he's just does his class. He looks effortless as well. Um, I thought Hattie deserved a lot. I mean, they all did. Every player had a great game. We could get through the whole team. Um, but it was just the perfect kind of derby performance. I think. Postecoglou set the team out to kind of just go at them and we were talking about would it be Maeda or would it be Abada and the thought with Maeda was that he contributes enormously to the team but offensively but he also kind of stops telling you going forward but Angie's mentality was spot on it was just you know going to put a team out that's going to beat them and then they're going to need to keep up with us rather than us trying to nullify them so the game was I mean, it was over at half time again, Darren, but we just, we were so good in that. I mean, we were so good for 90 minutes, but especially in that first half. I mean, Barrick in a 10 minute spell before the second goal, they came into it a wee bit now, but they were taking 40, 50 passes, um, taking a re- and they weren't really affected us. And he, there was, obviously, I wasn't at a game, I could hear it in the telly, but there was kind of murmurs for the crowd after about kind of maybe 25 minutes where like, they were knocking the ball about, and I think. That fans were wanting to go out and meet them, but they weren't really bothering. I mean, I was wanting to go out and meet them, they tell you, but they weren't exactly bothering us. There wasn't any concern. I mean, Barisic put a couple of good crosses, and one at least should have been turned into a goal, but 
they were not like they were taking 40 50 passes and they weren't getting near to what we were doing after two or three and i wouldn't have ever afraid celtic were like i'd say we were an attacking team but on saturday i thought we were a lot sharper we were a lot quicker than what we were doing i wouldn't say i know a lot of the goals we score are kind of like breakaways and incisive playing that but we seem to be proper direct on saturday and they just couldn't couldn't keep up with us and uh, you've seen like all the like the goals, the first two goals. I mean, it's just us being ready and them not being, and we took advantage of it. And the second goal, for a defensive point of view, for them must be an absolute embarrassment for the way that McGregor just walks up, plays the ball through three of them to O'Reilly. O'Reilly's pass for Jota is unbelievable, and the finish for Jota is just spectacular, and it kind of fits the. Fits the fixture well. He's kind of made himself a bit of a cult hero, Jota, with that uh, celebration, which was brilliant as well. So, uh, first game is done in the first half, but the uh, could talk on it about it, Dan. You better let you and Andy have a word because I could drive on it about it. No, absolutely. I'm the same. I've been desperate to speak about it since about five minutes after the game finished. It was. It, it was just everything you wanted and more. I thought Celtic were at their absolute best and. It's like you say, we, we just done what we do well. We don't we don't really care about the opposition and and maintains that the whole thing. It doesn't matter who we're playing, we're gonna keep doing what we do. And it it was really laughable that they couldn't seem to they, they didn't seem to be alert to it. Like the the first goal obviously uh, Greg Taylor does brilliant to win the throw in and then react quickly and uh, O'Reilly plays it in and it's a great finish by a badder. Keeper should probably do better and put it around the post at least, but it's it's all doing the same, like sort of turning their back in the game and like I, I just don't think that they are in to massively worry about. Like I know I'm not going to get too cocky or say the league's good or that because obviously last season we had a worse start than what they've had, but there's just like I'd like to think. See if if us on the podcast got a team together, the one thing you'd say if he came up against Celtic was just stay alert because you know they're going to take throw-ins quickly, free kicks, goal kicks, corners. Like everything's going to get moving quickly. But the first goal just it, it sets us off to a perfect start, and they they need to then come out and play. And as you say, Barisic put a few uh, decent balls in. Kolak put one just wide and I think one just over the bar from a corner and then I think one sort of dropped for Tillman at the back post as well so they did have chances but we we also should have, like I think we should have had a penalty like I think that uh, when Abada pulls his leg back, he's, his legs took away I don't think, like people say it's just legs coming together but I, I think Abada's the one in control of the ball, he shouldn't, for me it's a clear penalty and uh, Jack and Marcus obviously has that header that just goes wide as well. I thought, as you say, like for for Jack and Marcus to come on and play that part was like, so well because it, it changed the way that our attack sort of went. Like because obviously Keogh was a completely different type of player, and for that injury to happen in the first couple of minutes, and that I think that's just the absolute testament to how good this squad is. That people were obviously disappointed to see Keogh go off, but. The fact that we've got players like Jackie Marcus on the bench where you know you can rely on, like there was no panic and the team don't look to panic. Like Kyogo, like the first half of last season was absolutely integral to everything we done. But Jackie Marcus has stood up and showed that he's every bit as capable of being uh, the top man for us up, up front. And I know he's still waiting on a goal against him, but he he led the line superbly. Like the 
a third goal. Well, I'll get back to uh, Jota's cracker in a minute, but the third goal, if you look at Jack and Marcus, he, his movement just sort of drags Barisic out of the way and gives Abada that wee bit of space to then rattle one through McLaughlin's legs. But it's it was another top performance for Gigi and I'm delighted that he got the opportunity to show what he can do because a lot of people have been desperate for him to start and uh, it was also unfortunate that Kyogo was off but I was delighted to see him uh, play that well again and the setting goals just like the pass from Matt O'Reilly like first of all like Cal McGregor having the know-how to just sort of realise that Kent and Lundstrom had sort of turned their back and that O'Reilly was in space like I've seen an angle of the day, you can see that Van Bronckhorst noticed it as well, but his players were too busy sort of turning around and blaming each other eh, for mistakes that they didn't see O'Reilly. And the way it passed is just absolutely stunning. And then Jota just, it's a world-class finish. And uh, they, all, they all had a laugh in the summer when they were terrorising him on a plane, but I don't think they're laughing at him anymore. I think Jota's having very much the current laugh and hopefully the last laugh come the end of the season as well when he's lifting another title. And the second half, we just like it was, we we didn't keep up the the intensity the way we could, but we didn't need to. We let them sort of come on to us, and I seen somebody say it's it was probably good sort of preparation for tomorrow in terms of just letting our team sort of come at us and then capitalising on their uh, on when they give the ball away. And I thought that the fourth goal, Tumble, I'm deli- absolutely delighted for Tumble because. A lot of people sort of been writing him off when with the sort of impact that Atati and O'Reilly's having and saying, ah, Tumble's just going to fade away, he's just going to be on the bench. I was, I was delighted for Tumble because I think he's took a wee bit of criticism. No, nothing over the top, but I think people have sort of just been writing him off a bit prematurely. And he's obviously alert enough to be forcing McLaughlin in that mistake and then finishes it so calmly and superbly. And I... Like, it could have been a lot more. Like I think if Celtic had wanted to uh, really punish them in the second half, they could have. And with it, well, probably Rob with the back for the solo goal of the season by Dyson Maeda if he wasn't half on the halfway line, halfway up his leg. But I'm I'm ecstatic with the way that the team sort of just came out and done their business, and it really was a statement this early in the season. Like it's. Five points ahead, I think we're seventeen goals ahead already as well, and it's just it's a pleasure to see this team. Like it's like I've my first season ticket was uh, when we stopped their ten back in the late nineties, and that's probably about as far back as I can remember. But this is for me, it's becoming the best Celtic team I've ever seen in terms of my enjoyment and feeling a connection to them and seeing them as like a brilliant team rather than just brilliant individuals. It's everybody's unified and gone the right way. But Andy, I'll bring you in. I know I've rambled a bit there, but what did you make of Saturday? And the the talk all week had been, who was it going to be? Was it going to be Maeda or Abada? And I think seven or eight out of ten people were saying that they thought it would be Dyson Maeda, but Abada came in and Ange was absolutely justified in bringing him in. Ah, the game was was magic. And I guess I'll try not to echo too much what you've already said, but it was... So much better than I think even sort of me and you could, could have imagined the way we were sort of, we just say about them for the first minute to the last. Um, I'll point this out off in a minute, but just what you're saying, I don't even think they came on as such. I think it was just the killer instinct didn't have to be there, but I thought very much so in the second half 
they, they never really offered nothing, but as a performance as a whole, it was it was everything you've seen Ange building for the for the moment he came in the door. It's everything. It's, it was very much the fruition everything everything he's been preaching about before. Seen the video when he was mic'd up in the training session and Hans were quick enough to jump on it and try and take the piss and shouting the odds, um, calling it nonsense and taking the piss at the manager. But you've seen what happened. Um, you've seen why he was banging on about never stopping. You've seen why he, he's been preaching that and he's probably been preaching that in every single training session he's ever took. And you can see it. It's, a lot's been made about them switching off and us being so switched on the pace, even right into the ball boys getting the ball in quickly. So many of goals um have have came for quick thinking of the players. Um and, and it could have been mere. Oh, but for another day that's a that's a five six. Um and I mean even to be fair if, if Selic kept up the intensity the same way that they did in the first half, it's, it's probably even mere in the second half because I've got no doubt in my mind. But we could have kept going if need be. But it was it, it really was outstanding, and I think in terms of Maeda getting off early, I think it was if I was to go back, maybe like this this time last year or, or sort of last year when you knew, oh, sorry, no Maeda getting off early, Kyogo getting off early. Um, if I was to go back this time last year and think when we knew how sort of important Kyogo had looked for us, and he was really starting to become. Um, our main striker and people realising just how good the boy was I think I would have been fearful when he was going down and he was going off because I didn't really see I wasn't sure so who, who's going to replace him you often think your best 11 will start but when Jack Marcus was coming on and I knew that I was still had every bit of faith as much faith because the squad we've got there and, and I've said it to a few people already I think this squad as a whole the start and the live in the bench um, and to an extent even players who are on the bench but like, as a whole was probably the strongest squad I've seen and that would I, I, I would pro, I could probably make the argument that would include any sides Strattons Rogers A.L. Lennons Martin O'Neill's any sides that I've seen it say like that's probably the strongest squad that I've seen because there's just so much quality absolutely riddled through it. Anybody that comes after that park, you've got like for like almost coming on. I mean, one of your centre halves have went on. Jens has came out, has came on as a substitution, and you're looking at him going. I, I mean, there's there's an argument to make it. It might be an improvement. Um, he's he's obviously fresh in the door. He's had a couple of goals, but he's sort of taking strides in the right direction. Um. Trying back to the other subs. Obviously, Furiashi comes after Jackie Marcus. Um, Maeda comes on for Abada. Again, Maeda started um, probably the majority of games so far this season. Again, like for like, you've got David Tumble off the bench with a goal. Um, a guy that's, again, just taking strides under a manager. Um, Aaron Moy, another one. Haxabanovich couldn't even go in the park. Um, Anthony Ralston couldn't even go in the park. Like, there's so much quality throughout the entire squad, and I think it's everything which the man it's, it's just into the manager and the staff um, that are there. Again, obviously he's brought people in, but when you look at guys like Ralston and the sort of career turnaround that that's doing, obviously the manager working on the player, and I, I just feel that 
when I look at this squad, mm. there's so much faith placed in it that I think we could touch with you, there's no problem in the face, but I'm at this point where I truly believe we could cope with any injury to any player at that 11 that started. Um, and that's a position which we've probably not found ourselves to be in as far back as I can really remember. Um, when you can afford to start turning and say, I Furuhashi can go off in the first four or five minutes, I reckon we'll cope absolutely fine. I mean, when have you seen a select team that strong? I don't know. Um, but phenomenal for, for the first minute to the last, to be honest. I, I thought we were phenomenal. So much good at what we do, like I say, that's quick, obviously. Quick thinking at times, you throw in and free kicks, and I know we get goals for it, but there's so much to look at in terms of the way they actually play when the ball is in play. Um, Hitati, phenomenal. O'Reilly, that, that one of the best games I've seen for O'Reilly in a Celtic jersey. That boy's again another one. I, I just feel as if every single player on the team, all I'm saying is about how much they've improved. And I think, I think there's so much truth in that. I don't think there's a single player on that Celtic team who hasn't came on leaps and bounds since the first time I seen them as a starter. When I look at everybody that made on to the park, um, sort of for the first man to the last, I think they are all drastically improving. And I think that comes down to the manager and the players being bought in. And like I say, we've, we've just completely dismantled, if, if we all want to look at it, um, we've, we've just dismantled a European finalist for last year. They were, they were turning up saying, no, we've went to Dortmund and Norris teams and, and they've not turned as our phone now. Why do you think you're going to do it? And we've turned up and we've literally put the fit right on their neck. Um, I think we've conceded what, one goal in the league this season. Scored 25. The, the numbers are scary. And I think the performance, I think the fans deserved it as well. Look, there's been so much faith put in. And like I say, we've had a lot of shape for the board and things. And it was it was just a, it was an absolute magical day out, to be honest, Darren. And like I say, I think to a man, utterly outstanding. Um, it's one of these things always. I, I try to try and not think too much about the future. Says to used to yesterday, I was really in a deep dark place thinking about what we're going to do when Ange leaves but I think that was just a hangover talking but when you look at guys like Yaw uh, he's uh, him Yaw Ahitati's a bad as like these boys could be anything they want in the world of football and I think we've just got to enjoy them the new because with performances like this then we know the inevitable's going to happen but I hope we can keep this team as, together for as long as possible because I, I think based on performances so far performances to come and where we're going I think we really could be on the on the edge of something special and I think that game just puts every bit of belief in me that that's true Definitely, I think there's quite a few people who seem to think that this this team does feel like it's on the verge of becoming that bit further than the teams that have passed that you, you mentioned a few of them already it's, there's a real feel about this team that they could achieve something special and who knows maybe it will be this season and you, you never know where uh, Ange might take us, but Tony, you've joined us. How how did you enjoy Saturday? Have you been home yet? I'm actually on my way to the pub the now, um, so I was out yesterday, Saturday, just phenomenal. I, I was listening to Andy there, he hit the nail on the head. I mean, this was near us against Sean Goss and fucking 
numpty sender or so there was no excuses, there was no very hype for them. I was quite apprehensive. I know you, Dan, says that you didn't read them and you thought we were going to give them a tanking, but I was really pleasantly surprised. I mean, even, I mean, I think Kyogo's your best player. There's an argument that could be Jota or McGregor, but I think Kyogo's our best player. You lose him a minute and completely ruins your kind of game plan. And I thought Jackamakis came on, won every header, bullied Sands and Goldson. Um, I think Andy mentioned um, O'Reilly. I thought he was potentially man of the match. I thought he's passing, he's tackling. That was my worry, was we might have got bullied in the midfield. I thought we ran away at the top of them. A guy lunched him, get made to look ridiculous. Um, I just had, everybody was excellent for the first whistle. Jota is unbelievable. Won't be playing in this league for long, unfortunately. Um, He's, he's just a joy to watch. Abada, 20 years of age, um, so clinical, always in the right position for the, the cross coming in. His position in fucking different class. Um, I thought Vickers, was, he won everything as well. He was He's an absolute Rolls-Royce player. Um, Joe Hart, I think he was wearing slippers and smoking a cigar. He didn't have anything today until he started making camera saves with about 10 seconds to go. Um I just thought it was an absolute joy. Um, they're not a bad team. You don't beat the teams they have with being a bad team. And we made them look absolutely atrocious. Um, I don't think they wanted to be there. Um, a real statement win. So far, we've been racking up great score lines. This is your big test. This is your main rivals. And we blew them away. Could have been could have been there if we wanted it. Um, the squad's in an unbelievable position whereby... Kyogo comes off, you're bringing on somebody like Jack Amakis, and then David Turnbull, you bring him off the bench, he gets a goal, he's pressing brilliantly to get it. Dyson Maida, I thought, was, was really effective, and he came on as well. Um, Adam Moy, I've already said, I'm a huge fan of him, I think he's a tidy player. Um, any kind of wins can have a, a kind of drastic effect on on the opposition. That could really mess him up. I think they're already having a wee read of their forms and getting a laugh. They're already quite disappointed with their board and they're annoyed that their manager and players and one minute Tavernier's a hero, next minute he's a half-wit. Brian Kent, one minute he's worth 50 million, next minute he's worth 50 pence. So, for me, it was um, unreal. Um, I didn't think it was going to be that much of a doing. Um, and it was, and it was well-deserved. It's not as if scoring wasn't kind of reflective of how the game went. We, we dominated from start to finish. Um, and it's it's a perfect result getting into the Morris game. Everybody I speak to seems to think we're going to win. I've, I've got a feeling we're going to win. Don't get me wrong. If uh, it doesn't come to fruition, and obviously we're playing the best team in the world or the champions uh, of um, yeah. Europe. So, um, I don't know. I've got a wee sneaky feeling for 2-1. Um, I'm glad Kyogo's okay. I've seen a chain today, even though Sky Sports seemed to have somehow missed it. But all in all, fantastic day out. Uh, spoke to the manager after the game, a couple of questions about how effective the defence is. I says we've scored 17 goals in the last three games, so we can, can we expect uh, four after Madrid. And he basically says, look, the fans know we're going to get a, a right good go. So I send it on. Um, I'm sorry I've not really hung about for long, but I'm just pulling up to the pub right now and I'm after Mora and I'm after Wednesday. So hopefully we'll be celebrating, taking the, 
the first step towards winning a second Champions League. So I'm going to love yous and leave yous. My prediction is 2-1 to Celtic and it'll be Kyogo Niohatati and uh, the big French guy will get a consolation for Real Madrid. See you later on. Bye. There you go. You've got an early prediction for Tony. Uh, Danny, just before we go, I think another word for Real Abada. He's still so young, but He's, he's fast getting a reputation for being uh, the man he goes. I think that despite what Kyogo does and with, despite what Jack Marcus does, I think Abada is such a good poacher and I think it was Andy who says that he's always in the right position. He just seems to sniff out these chances and that's now six goals and seven appearances this season and he's only started two of the games. So it's quite a phenomenal return for Abada yet again this season. Uh, he's, he's kicked on from where he was last year. Like, I said at the start of the season that I thought that the kind of 16, 17, 18 that Ange trusts every single one of them will take a step forward and it's been kind of proven the case so far if you look right across the team. You know, Taylor is probably the best example of it so far at the start of the season but um, Carter Vickers had he's kicked on. Um, Carter Vickers, it seems, before I get to Abada because that was who you asked about but somebody says Carter Vickers has become that kind of McGregor fight. I, I think it was John Reedso. I think it was Reedso on Gigpod that said that Carter Vickers has become that kind of McGregor type that he's just an 8 out of 10 every week now and you don't notice it because he's that good all the time. Um, and kind of agree. Um, but Abada's just brilliant. It's, he's... He's... He dominates without being dominating, if you know what I mean. He's no, he doesn't appear, he's not like a big guy, he's like a weak and a slender boy that just happens to be a bit. His positional sense is brilliant. I mean, he scored some great goals for us, don't get us wrong. He scored some screamers in his time. Um, I think the one in the cup last year, he scored a peach. Um, he scored a cracker in Ferris Faros with the pass for Kyogo, but. He scored a cracker at Ross County, but if you waste, no waste these goals, but a good percentage of his goals are just him in the right place at the right time. His anticipation for the goal in February, where he sees it before anybody else does, um, and it's obviously he's listening to what the manager says because it's just that's what Ange says, isn't it? You know, when you're the offside of the park, you're always involved, get your seller in there. A bad is really good at it. Um, I thought his second goal. I mean, I know we threw McLaughlin's legs and they used to keep a little bit silly. That's a great finish. The ball came at him at some pace to control it and keep it as low and hard as he did was, was really impressive. And he, he just looked like a constant threat every time he got the ball. Barisic wanted absolutely nothing to do with him. And it was... I just thought it was a complete doing for 90 minutes. It, it, as soon as that first whistle went, it just set about them. It, it, it was a complete... It was just that body, and it was like we we thought the days of hammering them were done. When you know you're talking about four and five being par for the course under Rogers, and we should have been beating them. We should have been beating them, but Mel judging by Saturday's performance, but it's meant it, it was meant to be tight between the two of us this year. You know what I mean? It was meant to be us two so far in front of like everyone else in Scotland. And well, that probably is still the case, but we turned them into like getting United or Hearts or. Like a Livingston or something, they just set about them for the first minute, and I think a lot of their players were found were found wanting. They've been raving about that Tillman all year, 
And don't get me wrong, it looks like a handy player and he's played well for them in Europe, but he wanted nothing to do with Celtic Park on Saturday. He, I mean, that chance it felt him in the first half, like a player remotely comfortable in his surroundings just gets his set in there and scores. And he wanted no part in it. He didn't want to get involved. He didn't want to tackle anybody. Um, go for the boy. He, he, he completely hid out in that right wing. And then, I mean, he, he got a stupid booking and he had a kick at Taylor or Jota or something. But I genuinely thought he was going to spend the first 10 minutes of the second half thinking the ways to get sent off. He, he, he just looked so uncomfortable before he did come off. And you could say that about a few of them. Lundstrom, he looked like one of the guys that was on like a super slider or something. He never spent longer than fucking 10 seconds in his feet. Um, he's a fucking thug into the bargain. And it was, you know, how you slide in for somebody and shoot them is beyond me. But he managed to do it with Kyogo. He spent his whole time just trying to injure folk. He couldn't get near anybody. And that was a fear of mine as well about the midfield maybe getting bossed, uh, getting bullied. Because like, that's what can happen in the semi-final. But Tony's right, we just ran over the top of them. We completely... And I think that was the whole thing about the sharper passing and getting the ball forward quicker. It completely took their midfield out of the game. Because, I mean, they were making out like Steve Davis was the, you know, their, their hero and Kamara and that. And they just, you know, completely nullified their midfield for the first whistle with the way that we played. It, it was a joy to watch and uh, Abada takes all the kids. I just, I don't, Abada, he's like the, he's just, he just appears to be so quiet, but yeah, he's so fucking effective and sometimes, like, when he gets the ball, you can, you, you know he's not like, Jota does a couple of step balls. I mean, that, see the one in the first half where Jota brought the ball down and he just tried to, see if he did get the ball and goals in there and sell it's gold for that, you would never have, like, He'd have been as well just chucking fat back because that would have been it. If Jota had stayed, kept his balance and not made goals and then set up a goal. But a bad attitude. You know he's not going to drop. Like he drops his shoulder and he gets on me. You know he's not going to do a step or a flick. Or, you know he's just going to be direct and well, may continue. He's obviously he's come in. And I was just I was laughing earlier, I think, the the Statos who were saying that, you know, a guy, I think he was like 18 turning 19 um, before he signed for Celtic with us and he outperformed his XG and his first his one and only professional season as a fitter player you know he'd outperformed his XG whatever that meant and that he wasn't you know it was a bad signing and he's you know get up and he's ramming it up their throats and uh, and it's not you know he's you know he just he pops up with goals and big games and uh, I, I keep harping on it Darren, but last year when we needed somebody around about winter time, he popped up. He took a couple of big goals. He did two goals at St Johnston and Boxing Day when we made half a team out. He scored at Ross County, and then after Christmas he got the winner against the United, which was obviously a massive goal. He got the winner at he got the third goal against Rangers. So he's he's obviously always been important for us. But he's um, it's weird to think that maybe if people would have started him, but. I think most of the support were just kind of no resign because we're delighted with Maeda as well, but you just thought he would play. And then, because <laughs> I was like, like 10 minutes before the game, I was like, I don't know if I'd just get that wrong at all. And then 10 minutes later, it was like, a bad had scored. So obviously, that's why I just imagine and we just come on here and talk shit for an hour. But no, a bad is very, very good for us. And he 
he's got the potential to be like a seriously good football player. If he isn't already, but like in five, ten years, you can imagine how good he'll be if he keeps progressing at this rate. Definitely, I think you sort of covered that he, he does sort of fly under the radar, but the first half of last season, he was equally as important as Jota and Kyogo, like that front three we had last season. This first half, it was just electric, and he, like you mentioned, he's goals in the Europa League and that, and I think this Champions League campaign sort of set up for a guy like Abada to just really burst on the scene and announce himself to the full of Europe, because he, he is just, like, I think the fact, as I said, he's only started two games this season and eh, that's six goals. And like as as much as like he's, he's still not a cemented starter for Celtic, and that just shows how effective he has been when he's been used. And eh, I, I, the midfield, like I know they took a lot of pelters in the semi final because they did seem to get overrun. But I thought that all, all three of them in that midfield were superb yesterday, oh, Saturday. Uh, I thought O'Reilly really did just look a class above for the most part and as I said his like he gets the assist for the first goal and the pass for the second goal as well. It's just unbelievable and like it wasn't just a sort of range of passing because you'd probably expect that for the guys like O'Reilly and Hitati, but they were right up for the physical battle as well and a few people didn't think that they were and I felt that they really did get in about it and showed that they weren't going to get overrun. And then the captain, Callum McGregor, like he, you, you say that about like what people say about the similarities with Carter Vickers, how he just goes about his business and is always a consistent eight out of ten. Like McGregor was just like the amount of times that you'd see him just rushing up to press and then you'd see Hitati or O'Reilly backing him up. Like he's just he's an example to the full team and they all sort of take that encouragement from him and like. I know he's not. It doesn't seem the most vocal at times, but I think again you seen one of the highlights that he was getting cold like a bit when he tried to have a, a, a word at him. So I think owning off the park, he's just so instrumental to this team. And and they'll bring you back in a word for the defence, like you mentioned, Morris Jens. I thought he looked brilliant when he came on. I, I, like he, the way he was bringing the ball out, and then even that chance when it sort of dropped between Morelos and Wright and Jens just sort of burst between the two of them and took the ball out. I thought I thought they were superb. Joe Hart didn't have much to do, but he's always instrumental in sort of start. Like, a lot of teams get credit for sort of defending from the front, but see with Joe Hart, we attacked from the back. Like, it's it's something that's really, like, we're, we're that used to it now that it sort of does go underappreciated. And I think Tony says that he made a few saves to the camera later on. I know he pushed that one by with Goldson, but the... The best save he made uh, on Saturday was the one when uh, Cal McGregor flicked on a header and really put it in his own net, but Hart was equal to it again. And I, what, what did you make of defence? And is there anything else you want to uh, touch on in this game before we wrap up and look to Madrid? I think I could wax like a night about every single player and everything about the game, but I thought you're spot on what you're saying about um, Carter Vickers and, and Joe Hart. I mean, on Hart himself, it, like you say, he's so key to what what we do and the way we go about our business. And I know, and listen, when he was first signed, I'd I'd raise my doubts. A lot of people did um, about his ability to to play the way that we want to. And I think probably Hart would be the first to tell you he's he's maybe he's not the probably the best keeper in the world with the ball at his feet. But there's much more to what we're doing than that. Um, obviously he's a he's, a he's obviously a big character and a massive character in terms of his leadership and all, all the things that you can't really sort of put down in a stat sheet 
um, that a lot of people for some reason want to ignore. Um, but he obviously brings all that to the table, but he understands the importance of getting the wee things right and he understands the importance of the daft things like this. I've, I've seen times where the boys rolling by to go for just just to go out for like a bike kick and before you know he's already screaming for the next ball and after ball boy that he understands so much about what 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 we're trying to do the way we're trying to play and how these whatever it is second two second sort of differences that he makes be be going about it that way can make such a big impact on the game i mean we've seen it already as if this isn't the first time this season or last season that Selig have scored for quick thinking for a player a free kick or a ball for a throw in or a ball for the back of the keeper it's not the first time these are happening says, ah, it's probably been highlighted a bit more because it's it's a higher profile game and we've gave them a doing and we've done it a couple of times in the same game but this isn't new like, anybody who has watched film or Selig or any, any, any scout, any, anybody who's preparing their team to play Selig will be more than aware of that's how they're going to go about their business because we didn't just start doing it on Saturday we've been doing it for a long while now um, and like I say guys like Hart and their understanding and their drive um, when we move, we've spoke about it here before like when you're five, six goals up against teams like Dundee United and Hart still get that attitude but that builds so much of, of why it's come, it's came together because that never switches off. Like that's just, it's became second nature to the players, and that's that's ultimately where where you want to be, where the team wants to be, where the manager wants us to be. And I think it's it's just so crucial, and it's we'll see we're seeing the rewards um, when, when you go out with performances like that. Um, Carter Vickers, as as has been said, I do think he's going under the radar a bit. Um, in in listen, that's. I can see why. Um, I, I try and not be so, sort of too critical on people missing them out because there's there's just that many good players and good performances happening at Celtic at the minute that it's easy to miss it. Um, I, I mean, even for the game, I think McGregor's probably been one of the ones that I've no heard some some people mention, and I thought he's again another player that's been outstanding. Um, so much that he does, um, as he's spoke about Abada and. It was a big discussion before the game, and um, I know I didn't make it on, on the space beforehand, unfortunately. But I think there's an argument to be made either way, him and Maeda, and it's, it's just one of these things. Like the boys, he's got so much quality, and I'm, I'm we're all happy to see when you know the doubters that were giving it all he's like he says out oh this pish out performing their XG and you know these people don't watch football with their eyes. Anybody that watches it knows the type of player that they is and he's so fundamentally key to successful teams. Like they've they all have them, they all they've all got them. Um you've got guys like Yota who arguably is the best player at the club. He's he's got the most flair, he can make things happen out of nothing. But guys like Abada often Put, they really take you to the next level because so much good work comes from him and his willingness and he's, he just gets his head down and gets on with it and like you see he's got a hat-trick against United, he's scored a double against Rangers, he's had a goal against Ross County and then you think about all the goals that he scored last season, as we said so many important goals um, there was that late winner um, it was the Dundee United that parked last season that 
for, for a boy of his age, he's still only twenty year old. Like there's so much more to come for him, and like you say, it's just it's just so key. Um, and people often miss the out and miss out the importance of from players like that. Um, but as I say, before the game, that was a big one, and um, when. As I say, it was, we were all talking about it before the game. A big shout out to my mate Danny Turner. I know he'll be listening at some point, but he, he, me and him had been speaking for a couple of days in the run up to the game. And I, I was talking about why I would start my aid. And he was firmly in the Abada camp. And I think he's been proven right in this occasion. And it's it's just a great dilemma to be in. It's a great position to be in where, like you say, you've got so much quality riddled through that team, Dan. And it's new, obviously, we're, we're, we're all going to speak about. Madrid, but it's you're you're back at a stage where we've just went and as I said earlier, like, you can't deny that they're a they're a decent side. Like you don't get a European final if you know they've had big results already. We're just better, but we're at the point now where there's so much debate going on about who starts against Madrid. Done, and I think that's it's mental to think that that I mean we've came so far that you're sitting here and there's arguments about guys playing against what is probably the best team in the world that's faced at the European Champions and they're an absolute juggernaut but there's a selection headache because there's just as I said earlier the squad is just that strong and that good that I, I think there's just arguments to be made over there Absolutely and as you say we will now come on to the Real Madrid game because time is running out for people to listen to it before it kicks off because We've been at partying all weekend, but Danny, I'll come to you. When we secured the league last year, knew we were going to be playing Champions League football. This is a type of game that we were desperate to see Celtic involved in again. I know all years on the podcast, we've never seen Celtic play Real Madrid competitively. Anybody that was born after 1980, hasn't he? So it's it's going to be an occasion. It's going to be a massive game. Like I think the atmosphere will just take care of itself, as you would expect on a night like this. But it, it really is. I know we've had Barca, Man City, Man U, AC Milan, whoever you want. It's been a Celtic part of the last 20 years, but this one is really going to be special. And what are you expecting when the European champions come to town? Ah, this is the big one. This is the one we've been wanting for about 20, well, 40 years now, but certainly 20 years in my lifetime. Um, Real Madrid, it's been like growing up, you never know how good you had it growing up because we were beaten, you know, Barcelona, Man United. Juventus, um, I mean, I remember Celtic, not Celtic, drawing that on each with Bayern Munich, the Champions League at home, and fans didn't know whether to be raging or not because we were just used to beating all these teams. Um, so, Madrid were always the team that alluded to us and draws, and, and, uh, whenever, and I know we've played, I mean, we've played them all. I know we've played Inter Milan in the Europa League, but we still, you know, Ajax, we've played them in the Europa League as well. And you play all these great teams, and Madrid were always the one that alluded us, and it's kind of the one that every draw, I'd say, for the last 10, 15 years that we could get them. I've been like, let's get, I hope we get Real Madrid now that we've finally got them. I wish we did, <laughs> I wish we did now, but um, it's got to be some occasion. And the team of, like, I put it in the group chat earlier that I was terrified the fear of God was wrapping up me because listening to uh, Bagange, he's, he's going to send that team out to go toe to toe with Real Madrid, and it could it could be it could be <laughs> it could be bad, but it could also be so fucking brilliant as well. And you know what? Live by the sword, die by the sword. That's all you want for the football team. And 
you can't help it listen to like Postico Blue Top and think that we're going to achieve some great things because it's clear I mean if, if we think that as fans imagine how good his speeches must be to the team um, but it's probably the ultimate the morrow night park he'll be absolutely rocking and back in the Champions League playing against the European champions at Real Madrid probably the most storied Fitbit team in the world of one I know that it might not be the most successful club in the world according to some folk but they've only got the 14 Champions Leagues but um, just an amazing club like record that they've got over the years and winning stuff and it, you know it's, going to be, it's the biggest test for us isn't it it's just the biggest test and um, up first at Parkhead it's get I mean I don't know I, I'd love to have Tony's optimism I'm a wee bit on the other Side, I'd love to. I'd love to think that we can go and take a game with them, and and I do think we'll give them a game. But it's it's going to be tough. So the European Champions for a reason. We've been told that last year they were meant to be rubbish, and then like the teams that they beat, you know, what I mean, they beat three English teams in the way. Well, the Premier League's overrated for some fault in that, but like today, City who City and Liverpool who are. Just, Two as good as any teams in the world. To beat the two of them on your way to win the Champions League is fucking phenomenal. And today, wait, I know they provided mad heroics against Man City, um, and they really should have got hammered in the first leg at City, but like they, they kind of dominated Liverpool in the final, so they're obviously still a fucking fantastic team, and it's going to be very, really, really tough tomorrow night. And it's kind of like a reversal from. Um, like, don't mean to be disrespectful, but it's at Marin fans and Motherwell fans. It's probably what they think when they play against us. It's they need to be perfect. We, Celtic need to be perfect tomorrow night. Um, and everybody's got it. And you know what? We could play perfect and still get beat, such as the golf between us and Real Madrid. But we just need to carry out the luck if we can get some. God knows we're, we're due to be the Scottish team against a battle in Europe. But it's. I'm really excited. Dan. I'm really excited. I think it's. It's. I'm. Just, my, I mean, forty. Was it forty-three year? My forty-two year. My dad was at the game. Um, when Johnny Doyle scored the second goal, um, George McCluskey got the first, and I can't believe for forty-two years it's never happened. And uh, it's kind of. I don't know if if you feel similar, but it's kind of. It's good that I'm ticking off that I'm going to get to see Celtic play against Real Madrid competitively. I mean, I know we that stupid friendly in America years ago, but like to see Celtic and Real Madrid in the Champions League, it's, it's kind of it's nice to be able to say you've seen it, you know? I definitely, as you say, that friendly in 2012, I think it was. All oh, I remember for that is Dylan McGeer getting his job role. That was. It's like you say, it is, like, it's almost a like bucket list stuff for like seeing Madrid at Celtic part. Like, we've you could genuinely go through every sort of team that you would want to have seen, and Madrid is the one that had eluded anybody who hadn't been uh, before 1980. It's, it's, it's something to look forward to. The fact that they're European champions as well just adds extra glamour to it. Like, but as you say, Ange is absolutely consistent in his message. And do you know what? See, when the Champions League draw was made, I was lucky enough to be there, and uh, we spoke to Kyogo and we spoke to Moritz Jens. And they seemed absolutely certain as well that like there's no way we're going to change how we play. We believe in how we play, and 
it's going to be a roller coaster tomorrow. I think there's going to be a lot of goals, and I don't know how it's going to go, but I think we're in for one hell of a ride tomorrow, and I'm desperately looking forward to it. And Andy, uh, as I said, European champions are coming to town. They won the Super Cup as well, beating Frankfurt. They're four wins out of four in La Liga, sitting at the top of the table. Are you going to detail to us how Celtic's going to topple them tomorrow? I mean, I can certainly, I can certainly try. That listen, it's it's one of these fans, and it? it's obviously you're you're eyeing up a draw, and you see some of the pots and stuff like that, and everybody picks out. And I think one of the consistent sure any time I've seen this in the Champions League, probably in my lifetime, is is Real Madrid's been a name that's featured in most the teams most people have picked, and they're probably well, arguably are the most sort of iconic team in football. So you can see why, and obviously um, there's history, and when we've played them previously, and that. But it's it's one of these games. It's, as I said earlier, I just feel that there's there's really sort of two sides to me. And I've spoke to yous and spoke to a lot of pals who were at the game Saturday, and will be there again um, the morning night. And I just I, I can't shake the feeling that the club, the manager, are on the the edge of something special. Um, what that might be, I, I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, but I, I guess that's, that's where some of the magic comes from, to be honest with you. And I think that getting into the game, it's the club. Should, we're we're going to go to play football one way, and the manager's not only earned his right to do that. Um, I, I don't think anybody can can disagree with that, but. The whole notion, and I know he's obviously came up in his press conference today, we, um, or yesterday, whenever it was, um, when a journalist was asking him about sort of his approach and how how the team's going to approach the game, and he was right. Uh, I can't mind exactly word for word what he was saying, but it was his point is like cause there's no way that we can set up that that mitigates risk, and he's right. And people came out and they say, oh, we shouldn't be going out to attack this mob, and we need to set up differently and change it. And, to me, that's just fucking nonsense. I, I don't know where they get it from. I don't know how people think football works at times. Um, because ultimately, you could go there, set up to put fucking... And just, men- just to come in, and I do think people say that because of the doings that Rogers teams took under sort of like the Barca and PSG. I mean, I don't think it's because of that. I, I think certainly they've no helped. But for me, that was the same stuff people were coming away with when Rodgers was going into the games, um, it was the same. It was the same dross for the same people. And the thing is, I, I get the nervousness because you're going against the best in the world. Like the front three would fucking front three won won the Champions League, but it's, it's Benzema, one of the most clinical in the game. Give him a half chance, he'll score. You've got Vinicius Junior for my money, a future Ballon d'Or winner, phenomenal football player. Um, if the AD gears are doing, he'll be at the centre at all. Um, Rodrigo on the other side, potentially Valverde, depends how they're set up. Um, and then, you know, you've got Luka Modric. I don't need to get through the full team, right? Everybody knows who plays for fucking Real Madrid. And if you don't, then I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what you watch because it can't be football. But I, I get where... No, really where the thought comes from. Ultimately, the thing is... As I say, you can go in against this team, put 11 men behind the ball and take a fucking tanking and everybody thunder in, well, why'd you play like that? But there's no surefire way to avoid it. You can only go in, but you need to 
the best way that say like can players do what the players know. We don't have the players to turn out and play defensive and make it difficult, make it nasty and get the ball out for throw-ins and deal with all the corners into the box and all that shit. We don't have the personnel to do that. The players train however many days it is a, a week, so 300 odd days a fucking year, whatever it is, to play a certain style of football, a certain brand of football. You cannot turn around to them and say, right, that's all getting ripped up and changed for two, three training sessions before this game. That probably even had as much as that if, if they're playing Rangers so recently. Going to play this way now, set up this way, and we're going to stop them from playing. That's not how it works. The football is not, maybe an age ago where it was a different game. and But, but with everything, that, you've, you've got to give the players the best opportunity. And that's that, that's playing the way the managers taught them. And you need to have belief. Um, we've been on here before speaking about Salzburg teams who've played teams after the park with Raven last season about Bodo Gunt and what they've done to a Jose Mourinho Roma side. But you've got to have belief in the players and I'm not saying we're going to go in and fucking scud Real Madrid 4-0 but put the faith in the manager, put the faith in the players. They've earned the right to go there and test themselves against the rest of the world. They've earned the right to go and make themselves heroes and, and do something special. If they go and they date a tool and then you've just played one of the best in the world, is anybody going to come away embarrassed and is it going to put an end to our season? No. We would rub ourselves down and say, right, OK, we go again against Livingston at the weekend, but it's a one-half game at Parkhead. Who knows? I, I don't see where the fear factor comes in. I think the players will. I think we're at a point now where I've got every bit of faith that the players will be on that pitch with not a drop of fear in them. They'll go at them and they'll test to see how good they are. Um, you've got guys like like we've said, you've got Yotas there, you've got Matt O'Reilly, Hitatis, like players who want to be the best they possibly can and they'll they'll have every bit of belief in them. They can go out there, they can put in what will probably need to be the performance of their lives and get a result. And I, I put my full faith in that. As I say, it's there's two ways I look at the game. Part of me if is my head saying, listen, it's probably too big a jump, but as I said, there's that other side to me that's saying there's, it's been, what, 10 years since the Barcelona result? There's something special brewing in the team. Could something be about to happen on Tuesday night? I hope so. And, like I say, it's one of these things, that you never know, but there's there's something, as I said, that there's, there's something special going on at this club at the minute, and I hope for every bit of me that part of that's tomorrow and, and that they can do it because it really would be it would be magical if we could go and do something against Real Madrid. Absolutely. I know I posed that question now, but I just I understand why people would maybe ask it, but at the same time, I think Andrew's spot and there's no... If we set up there with 10 behind the ball, we'd just be bombarded the full game and inevitably we would get broken down and... It would just go against everything we've worked through the last 12 months on. And it's, it really is something that we you need to... Like, the, the good thing is, is we, the amount of goodwill that Angie's built up with the fans and the team and the connection we've got now, it doesn't matter if we get beat 10-0 tomorrow, nobody's going to change their opinion and the manager of this team. I might get a few discerning voices uh, wanting to question like why we played that way and whatever, but you know what, see until you try it, you're never going to know if it's going to uh, work at this type of level, but 
it's it's one I'm really looking forward to. As you say, there's no point in us going through a full team, but you've got guys like Benzema who is on the cusp of the Ballon d'Or, who is it's going to be a massive test for our defence, like guys like Carter Rickles and that I don't know if it'll be Starfield or Jens. I dare say it'd be Jens skiing at Starfield in the train the day, so it's obviously got to be a massive jump for them to uh, cope with that sort of level. And then even the, the wingers are brilliant as well. Juranovic and Taylor are going to be uh, really tested again. And this is a time that this team can really, like, they've already showed Scotland what they can do. This is the time that you can go and show the whole of Europe because a, a lot of the eyes on a European football tomorrow night we'll be watching that game because if you look through the fixtures that's just one that jumps out it's two big teams who've got great European histories and Celtic Park atmosphere is famous and like a lot of people just like to tune in and see that and hopefully we put on a show but Danny as I said Real Madrid have won four out of four in uh, the league so far but they have conceded in every game so does that give you hope that Celtic, not just the way we play, but the fact that Madrid have been shutting a few goals, it's, it gives Celtic optimism that we will get chances tomorrow night? Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, I, I want to be optimistic. It's just I've seen this in Europe too many times. and I think with the Rodgers thing, is it just kind of, we never really laid any impression away with Anderlecht and one that was a great result. But against City in Rogers' first season, we took, I'd love to see us do that the morning night and just take the game to them and see what happens. Um, but like the Barca game under Rogers and Parkhead and the whole like PSG and Bayern Munich, Bayern Munich were really good. We're really unlucky that night against Bayern Munich, and they—that's the thing about playing perfect, no scoring, it's and uh, no getting a result. It's because we played fucking nigh on perfect against Bayern, and we finally got an equaliser. I think the way this game's going, we can press on and get a winner, and then Bayern are just kind of like, all right, well, now nah, it's just got to part and score. And these teams can do that to you, so they're going to need to be on it. Um, but then if there's a team like this, the thing that. I know we've not performed well in Europe and it's largely the same players, but they're on a different space now. Like they could go to more and get humped, right? I think most folk are kinda of thinking that'll happen. Um and we're all down to dream, of course, we are because we've been brilliant this season and we're playing and we're scoring for fun. And it's still the same ball and it's still the same net that it's getting into, so you never know. But O'Reilly a bad the way they're all playing the new, like, the next step is the Champions League and they will want to test themselves at that level. Uh, Parkhead's going to be fucking bouncing. I I would love to be there tomorrow night. I genuinely would uh, love to be there, but I keep getting shafted out a certain raffle. But it's just... It's just... It doesn't even, it's, I don't want to say it doesn't matter how well we play tomorrow night, but... Just the way the golf in these teams is, like, we could be so good tomorrow night and come away getting done 2 or 3 nothing because Madrid just decided to turn up and score. And it's, it's a sad reality, but it's kind of what we are in European football at the minute. But it's got to be, I mean, it's got to be, if there's one guy that can do it, I mean, it's Anja, and he's, I'm daring to dream, Dan. I'm daring to dream. How would you line up the more, Danny? I'm, as much as we wax lyrical about Leo Labada, 
I'm I'm gonna throw a wee pipe bomb at a wee grenade in there. I, I don't think Abad will start them order. I think Maeda will be brought back in. And I think Jack and Marcus will start. I think I know Kyogo trained today and I actually think it would probably be better if Kyogo started just in terms of like for European football, but I think Jack and Marcus will get the nod and I think that, as I said, Maeda will start. And apart from that, I think the team will be the same. Uh, obviously, he ends in for Starfelt if Starfelt's injured as well. But how how would you line up? How is you make any changes? Um, I would well back for ends into the back four. Whether Starfelt's fat or not, because I thought he was ropey at the weekend. Um, and Jens has been pretty assured, and his height will come in handy as well. Set. Not just defending set pieces, but attacking them. Uh, midfield, I would. I'm inclined to stick with the same three that started on Saturday, but I would. I. Uh, I would play my head as well. I would play my head as well, and uh, it's harsh on Abada. And if, but the thing is, I just think Abada's more likely to step up with a goal than Maeda is. But at the same time, Maeda will keep. No saying Abada doesn't work. I mean, he's a fucking workhorse himself, but Maeda will keep that full-back four occupied. And Jackie Marcus said start him. Because uh, I think he... I th- <laughs> Jackie Marcus seems to get really... like Obviously, the crowd have an impact on the team, but Jackie Marcus especially seems to get right riled up when the crowd are up for it. And... He's, I mean, he's going to eat one of the Rangers centre hops before the end of the season. He's just fucking tremendous, and he's a big physical threat. And if I would play Maeda off him, um, and I would have Jota just kind of floating about. But, um, but I think Abad is more likely to step up with a goal. But I think tomorrow night might be. We you just like concede that right we need to keep we need my as athleticism um tracking back and getting at people it maybe be a wee bit of an outlet for us in Abada. Okay, but I don't I, this is going to be wild, but I don't think Abada is as effective coming off the bench as he is when he starts. But um maybe it's a risk worth taking the morning night to keep because Maeda will keep that back line honest the whole night and we kind of need to give them something to think about and Maeda might be the kind of secret weapon for that. Aye, it'll be interesting to see. Andy, how would you line up to take on the European champions? Uh, I think, like you say, I think the team's very much going to pick its sale bar. And I think there's three sort of real changes. Maybe I'll throw a fourth one in um, that came up in a conversation. One of my pals um, yesterday, funnily enough. But like the first one, Jens. Something I forgot to mention about Jens when he came on as well. There was I, I wish I'd, I wish I'd watched the highlights before we came on again. But there was a part where uh, he he took the ball out for the back um, and and sort of split split a couple of midfielders with a ball, in. and it was the first in the game where centre halves had done that. And I think listen, I like big stuff out. Um, I think he's got a lot of qualities and um, he's proved a lot of a lot of doubters wrong. Um, but I think Jens is at the three centre halves that's really in contention. Looks the most comfortable coming out for the back with the ball. And I think he's he's willing to try and make something happen a bit more. Um and I think that just for for the game that was as I say, I kinda I kinda remember who, who he sort of takes on if you like, but he, he steps out where 
um, and tries to play a ball and it goes to one of the one of your midfielders. And it was just the first that I'd seen during that game. Last we were, were fucking brilliant. We were excellent. I've already raved about that. But just that for one of the centre halves was was quite something. And I think as the season goes on, we will probably start. If he keeps his performances up and he keeps his progression going, I think he will become our starting centre half next to Carter Vickers. Um, and that's through Nehami stuff. I just think that he offers a bit more in terms of that how comfy he is on the ball. Um, and again, he seems to be a bit of an aerial threat as well. Um, so I think the two things coupled together will see him starting. Start be a, be a starting centre half, but I think he will come in. Um, as you say, Starfield's not trained, so he would, it would be it would be highly unlikely in any situation would he comes back in, um, barring a barring some mad injury he ends again and Starfield being fit. But I think the other one, as you just spoke about, is Maeda and Abada, and listen, anybody that's been on a supporters bus listening to me in the white a game this season's. Probably heard me raving about how I think Maeda's going to be a, a a bit of a weapon for us in Europe because I think that's I think I just think he's made for for European football. Um, I've seen time and time again. So I love Abad. I think he's got so much quality. And he's probably a bit going to be a bit hard done by if he doesn't start. But I just think Maeda's built for for European football. Um, he's he's the depressing game speaks for itself. But I think Abad also gives you that. So I think it would be harsh for me to turn and say that's why I would start a Murum. I don't. I think it's part of it because he is just must be a fucking nightmare to play against him as a centre half when you're being told to play out for the back and Maeda is just on you and your centre half at the same time. Um, it must just be a fucking nightmare to play against. But he's he, he's a bit like he's he's, listening, he's, he's probably named in the team's movement so in part with Kyogo, but. A lot of the time he's bursting to get in behind and, and make things happen and come in for that right on side. And I think his pace is I think his pace is gonna prove vital in Europe this year. Um uh, th- there's just something when I watch him, I just feel as if a lot of the time in Scotland he's probably restricted in the sense that he's not the type he obviously plays out, out wide, but he's made an inside forward. He's not really the type of player that Yota is a, a bad as they certainly said he's going to face up a, a full back, take them on, skip by them. Obviously he has done it because he's got face to burn, but I don't think that's where his, his game and his qualities lie. I think we're going to see success out of him when it's obviously O'Reilly and Hitati playing balls or crossfield balls for um like Juranovic or Taylor when they come in at the middle and, and see that that opportunity, I think you're going to get that in Europe where you don't really get it in Scotland because naturally teams are sort of, they're, off, they're better often than not. They've got a bank of five, then a, a five, four ones when they're off the ball and there's ten men behind the ball um, with no space really to get in behind. And then again, you've got Jackie Marcus who's one of his qualities again is, is how well he links up and holds up at the same time. So I think that Something just as I say when I watch my Aida, I feel as if you're going to see a lot of quality for him in Europe. Um, but so for me, I think that's what will happen. Um, although I won't be disappointed if a bad starts because I think realistically he's, he's made he's made as good a case as he can to have his name in that team sheet. 
Um, I think with Kyogo and Jackie Marcus, it's. I think the injuries probably put Kyogo out the running. I think it would. I mean, he he, he would try to play on. He went down, and I've not really heard how serious it is. Obviously, it's it's not too bad, thankfully, because he was back training. But I think it's probably ruled him out. But again, as I said earlier, with the depth in our squad, it's almost like for like at times, like you get so much strength and quality when a player that suit that. Jack Marcus also waffles you so much in terms of pressing for the front and so much energy and I, I think he will start but I think he's going to be such a threat as well because you know what it's like sometimes in these games it's your chance might have to come for a set piece or something like that um, and I, I think that's probably going to be in mind and I think Kyogo's not a bad threat to have off the bench if needed as well um, but I think just with the injury and things like that it's. It would probably be that it would just it it would just stick with Jack and Marcus, um, and, and no one to risk he'll go for the start. But something that came up as I say, it's. I'll put it back to you, Don, to ask how likely you think it is. Um, somebody posed the question to Aaron Moy, starting to me. Um, do you think there's any thought in the manager's mind of changing the midfield three, given? just how attack-minded the three of them are, really, because although McGregor has been playing as the six, if you like, his best work, you've, you know, is a bit further forward. Do you think there's any danger of I'm putting Moy in there, who's obviously we've seen his quality and glimpses so far. He's so comfy at holding the ball. He's obviously strong, won't it? Do you think there's any, any temptation in the manager? Do you know, it's weird to say that, Andy. I was actually thinking earlier, but the guy I wasn't thinking about was... It wasn't the Moy, it was Abelgard, but I think we Andrew's comments uh, last week about him bringing a bit more uh, dynamism to the team and like, a bit more height and physical presence, but I, I think it might be too soon for him. I don't know if I can see Aaron Moy being brought in for this game. I, I think, as you say, we've enjoyed watching Moy recently. He's got a lot of praise on here and from the sport in general, he has uh, been a great signing so far, but I think it would be harsh. I think you've got to give the guys like O'Reilly and Hattati a chance along with McGregor to uh, really show what they can do and I don't think we'll change too much of what we do, which leads me to believe that we wouldn't uh, be looking to change up, but I, it's weird that you say that because I was thinking about that because this, this is the type of game where over the years you've sort of expected like a near beat on or somebody that sort of can't, like type of player to be sort of just brought in as a sort of wild card, but I'd be very surprised if Moy did start. Uh, I'm not saying I'd be disappointed or angry about it because Moy looked very effective uh, when he has sort of came in and showed up games. I think I think he will play a part, especially uh, if, if, as I expect, I think he'll come off the bench tomorrow at some point. I think he'll have an important part to play, but uh, I couldn't see him being brought in for the start, but I just realised we're nearly in around 15 minutes of this episode, so I'm going to just very quickly start the predictions off. I know we get Tony's earlier, but I'm, I'd love to see a Celtic win, but I'm going to go for two each. I think that Jack and Marcus will give us a lead early on, and Celtic Park will go mental, but then Benzema will get a double for Kyogo comes off, off the bench with 10 minutes to go and scores an injury time equaliser to send Celtic Park delirious and Get us off to a positive start in the group. Danny, what you going for your for your prediction? Um Mahid. Mahid says we'll get beat two nothing. 
Um, but my heart says it'll be three two to Celtic, and I think Jack Matis will get two. He'll bully Rudiger and Miratal. He'll get one of them sent off, and he'll get two of them. I think Benzema and Vinicius Jr. will score for them, and then later on, Callum McGregor will rattle one. We'll get a corner, and it'll break back to McGregor, and he'll rattle it. And it'll hit half Carter Vickers and go in. And we'll be tapped with the group by the end of the night. And Andy, you go around as well for a positive prediction. Aye, fuck them. 3 1. Um... I, I can't say all that about Maeda. No predict Maeda to score, so I'm going to say Maeda's going to score. Let's go. I'm going to go Maeda. Then we're going to go Jens for a corner. Benzema will then get their goal. And to round it off, I've got to agree. Keogo comes off the bench, um, bursts in behind and taps one in the back of the net. And Selig Park goes into a different stratosphere. Well, there you go, some positive predictions to round off this episode, and I know it has been a long one, so thanks very much to anybody who's took the time to stay around till the end. We hope you have enjoyed it. We, well, it took us a few days to recover from uh, that hammering that we gave out on Saturday, so if Celtic beat Real Madrid, you might hear again from us before the World Cup, if you're lucky, but uh, aye, thanks to everybody who has listened. We appreciate all the support as usual, and we will be back at some point later in the week with a Real Madrid review and a Livingston preview so cheers Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.